to Conversations of Compassion. We're happy to have you with us again. Uh, thank you for joining us. It matters that we come together around the text as the family of God and open up scripture and prepare our hearts before we get together on Sunday. I think it's an honoring, it's an honoring thing to God to open up the text together. Uh, so we're going to be in John chapter 12 today. Um, but first, I want to just maybe we can pray together and uh, join us in prayer. Lord, thank you for an opportunity to gather around your text. Would you open us up to receive your spirit? Amen. Amen. So we're going to be turning to John chapter 12, and we're going to be beginning in verse 1. And what we're going to do today is we're going to read through John chapter 12. And there's kind of a break in the scripture. There's yeah. what happens the day before the Palm Sunday text that we have of the, the, the entry of Christ into Jerusalem. And so I'm going to read what happens before, and then you're going to read what happens the day of. So let's go there in John chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. It says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected, Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as the keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus. Hmm. Made plans to kill Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. And then we read the very next day, picking up in verse 12, the next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word, and many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Yeah, so we have this text in John chapter 12. And, and Mike, one of the things that I've been on, it's been a kick that I've been on for a while now, um, and something that I'll probably be on for maybe as long as I'm in, in ministry, mm. is that when we read the Word of God, we ought to work really hard at trying to find ourselves in the text 
And so when we have John chapter 12, we have a lot of characters in the story. And I would even ask you, even after this podcast is over, is to go back and reread that entire body of Scripture, starting in verse 1 and going all the way through um, the Palm Sunday Scripture, and ask yourself, you know, who am I in this text? Who am I in the story? Because in this story that we have, we have a lot of people that are approaching Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people who see Jesus. The problem is that many of them don't see Jesus for who he really is. And as we read the scripture, what we find out is in this entire text, there is really only one person Mm -hmm. who saw Jesus for who he really was. And that was Mary. And this very person who saw Jesus for who he was, she worshiped him. And then out of her worship for him, she is actually um, almost reprimanded. Right. She's reprimanded for this act of worship. And it should bring inside of all of us this idea. um, Are we the Mary in the story or are we someone else in this text? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And we're going to talk about it in a second. Yeah. The people who um, saw Jesus come into the city, um, they were worshiping him, but they were worshiping him with a context of who they wanted him to be instead of who he truly was. Right. Very clearly they're waving palm branches and like in their, their history and their tradition of a people of the Jewish people, they're expecting Jesus to come in as a king, uh, just like their prophets said that he's going to kick out Rome and he's going to be our Messiah and he's going to be our leader. He's going to restore Jerusalem to the, what it was meant to be in the days of David. Um, so that's what that's, they're worshiping him, but they're, they're placing their expectations on him. And I think sometimes when we, if we're coming into worship and we could, we put that against Mary who saw him and it moved her, uh, to give him her everything, uh, to say, I'm, I'm breaking, uh, an expense. It's all I've got. And I'm, I'm giving it fully to him. And Jesus receives this. He doesn't chide her. He receives this as just a beautiful act of worship. And uh, I feel like when we see Jesus for who he is, it moves us to want to give, offer our whole lives to him. And I think that's what worship is, really. It's, it's, we talked about it some last week where it's just a value statement to say, I am valuing you above everything else in my life. I'm worshiping you. And so Mary comes in and worships him by actually sacrificing and giving something of value, the highest value probably that she had, and she gave it to him. Gratuitously and just extravagantly, just give it to him, waste it on him. And uh, that's what Judas picks up on. It's like, what a waste. Yeah, and, 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 and what's sad about it is that I love that John tells us that after, because um, when we read the text, oftentimes all the senses are not on display. Mm-hmm. But John specifically tells us what I mean by that. It's hard to read and smell, and right? Smell, right. But John takes the time to say, I want you to know that after she anointed him in this act of worship, that the perfume, uh, it, it filled the whole place. Like, like it was an act, a physical act of worship where she breaks open this, uh, this expensive perfume. She pours it on the feet of Jesus. She is on her knees. She is using her hair 
air to dry his feet. But there is this also this this nostril part of it where John's telling us that her act of worship filled the entire room, and yet Judas didn't get it. Like mm-hmm. Judas's heart was so turned toward um, the trappings of the world. And, and, you know, Mike, I would even say to you that, that um, we can put ourselves there. Uh, we can be the Mary in the story where I'll say to you that if you worship God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, as we've been preaching the last few weeks, you're going to be ostracized from the culture we live in. There are going to be people who think you're a fool. There are going to be people mm-hmm. who are going to ostracize you just as Mary. But there is also the Jew Judas component, where every single one of us just don't don't throw Judas under the bus. Mm-hmm. Understand that there's a there's a there's a Judas in all of us where we have got to 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 say we forsake um, all of the trappings of the world, all those other idols that we have been called to worship. Forget how much it cost. Right. Forget how much that perfume cost. Forget how much that perfume could be sold for. And because Judas was like, let's sell it. And then we could take that money and give it to the poor. And then John not only tells us about the nostrils of what was smelling, John also tells us the very heart of Judas, where he says, you know what? Judas said, let's sell this and give it to the poor. But I want to let you know that he is the denier. He is the betrayer. He was the one who was not concerned about poor people. He was concerned about being the keeper of the money bag because he often helped himself in it. Right. And I think that's where we can enter in and worship and we'll close in a little bit, but just the, the idea that Judas valued the money in the bag more than he valued Jesus and Mary valued Jesus more than she valued anything she owned. And she was able, she was willing to spend it freely on Christ so that he felt uh, pleasure so that he felt her love and the, the very next day, you have a whole group of people on Palm Sunday who are welcoming Jesus. And what are they valuing? Are they worshiping him for who he is? Or are they like Judas, saying, waving palm branches and saying, do for me what I want you to do for me. Do for me what I'm expecting you to do for me. And if you don't, I'm going to nail you to a cross. <laughs> if you don't do for me what I want you to do for me, you're dead to me. And I feel like we can enter into this holy week with those very same postures. Jesus, I'm all in and I'm worshiping you for who you are. Or, Jesus, you better do something for me that I really want you to do for me. Or I'm not going to worship you. Yeah. Yeah, and I, we talked about a little bit off camera yesterday in preparation for this, that in verse 16, it says, at first his disciples did not understand all this. It was only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. So even the disciples in the crowd that day, John is admitting, hey, we didn't get it at first. Mm-hmm. And um, as I read that scripture, as John is kind of telling on himself, I feel like there had to be a significant amount of regret where he looks back on the life of Christ and goes, you know, there was this long amount of time that we followed Jesus and we heard his teachings and he saw what he did and we didn't even fully understand um, what was available. We didn't fully understand who Christ was. And we can't give John that hard Mm -hmm. a time. Because we realize today that, that, yeah, he followed Jesus physically. But today we have the promise of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. 
um, that his spirit bears witness with our spirit. And I'm just praying that as we gather this coming Sunday for Palm Sunday and as we gather for Easter, man, that we would all search our hearts. That's what the Lenten season's been all about, mm-hmm. you know, dying to self, that we would have experienced the death of Christ and the death of ourselves in order that we can fully be worshipers of Jesus and that we would see Jesus, not as some revolutionary who's going to come and give us power and authority, not somebody who's going to give us money or whatever, but that we would have the heart of worship that Mary did, that it wasn't about what she could get from Jesus, but what she could give to him Mm -hmm. uh, as an act of worship. Man, Mike, what could God do with just a few people um, who live like that? It would be miraculous. Yeah, why don't you pray for us today in closing? Let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for a time uh, centered in your word and your scriptures. I pray um, for the people listening uh, and the people who will listen, uh, that they would join us in being centered in you and finding ourselves in the text and and maybe being confronted with some patterns in our lives that we wish weren't there, uh, but we repent and confess to you and ask for cleansing and healing that we would come to see you the way you are, not the way we want you to be and worship you for who you are. In your name we pray, amen. Have a great day. 